Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. And I'm your co-host, Austin. And I'm your co-host, Ian. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you into your next adventure. I am really excited for today's episode. I want to thank everyone for joining us today here at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. That's right. Your wars are like Star Wars, but without the Force. You kind of need that. Yeah. Though I would say that... Uh... The the Rogue One did a did a pretty good actually no the Rogue One did have the Force they had the blind dude didn't they more like a Force adept and not necessarily a Force user I would say okay so. in Rogue One have Darth Vader at the end and he totally used the Force to throw a guy into the ceiling just to kill him so I guess we're still on point then yeah without the Force <laughs> nothing yeah, even in the Mandalorian there's still a few Jedi's that run around so yeah. eh. can't run from it it's everywhere. Although, it's supposed to be a fancy fight RPG if you have the books, don't focus on the Force at all, so there's that. Okay. That's uh, really cool. That. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, I'm really excited for today's episode. Uh, we are obviously talking Star Wars. You can look at the title. Follow along in the uh, the Star Wars handbook over here. Um, this is, it, for to be right up front, this is a fan-made product. Um, so, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not... Everyone can pick it up for free, so we'll get more into that. We like to uh, just take a moment that every episode we like to start off by giving our listeners uh, fat loots. Oh, dude. Uh, so the gentleman in that joined us on YouTube, uh, and I apologize if I slaughter this, is Gal- uh, Galifile, which is the creator of this magnificent piece so thank you for joining us today okay hopefully we do it some justice (laughs) Um, hopefully yeah (laughs) so we like to start every episode off by giving away fat loots to our um wonderful followers yeah so our actually fat loot giveaway today is actually the empyrean investigations this product is a book dedicated to bringing mystery to life in your home D 5e game included are ideas mechanics guides and three investigative adventures to bring mystery to your stories and campaigns so really this is more of a supplement that is about it's not necessarily giving you adventures it's more of just allowing you to kind of learn and kind of uh, improve as a DM for giving your players some puzzles that maybe instead of looking up a Google search that is, uh, you know, uh, puzzles for five-year-olds, now you have this. <laughs> <laughs> um, It does actually come with three adventures in addition to all well, the guys and st- stuff. Yeah. So It does um, still come with it's, adventures. It's, pretty, it's some pretty good stuff. Who's our winner today? Our winner today is Champ Duncan 1419 Congratulations! <laughs> And if you didn't win, don't worry about it. You can still head over to CritAcademy.com and subscribe on our newsletter for your chance to win. It's really easy, and it's super free. Yep, we give away uh, Fat Loots every week. Every week we give away two f- free products, compliments of our awesome sponsors. Who And it's been changing up. I don't know if you've noticed, so um, yeah. it's it's fantastic. Um, been doing this for almost a year now, and <laughs> we finally get different products. <laughs> Um, and the last thing I'd like to say before we move into Star Wars 5e, if you're into superheroes and you want to experience superheroes, uh, in your fifth edition campaigns, we are currently, uh, play testing Capes and Crooks, which is a fifth edition superhero RPG, um, that will be launching in Kickstarter soon. So you can follow us at criticamy.com slash Capes and Crooks. Now onto the main topic, Star Wars 5e. I am super excited for this. 
let's be honest, who hasn't heard of Star Wars? Like, it's been around for a long time. <laughs> I don't know like, when the first one came out, but... Um, 40 years-ish? <laughs> Do you remember Almost. that really old movie with the giant walking armor tank? Anyways, whether you're an old fan of the originals or a new fan brought in by some of the newest movies and games, uh, either way, the world and setting are pretty well known, and man, are they detailed and flushed out. The story in in this setting takes place in a galaxy far, far away. Now, the one thing that is wonderful about D&D 5th Edition is that it's so versatile. Uh, Hands down, it can be shaped in uh, a a myriad of different ways. Well, superfan Galifile decided to use this fantastic rule set to bring Star Wars to his role-playing table. And after 2,000 hours of work, I'd say he has succeeded pretty damn well. Um, And I do know that he's got a lot of, uh, uh, has had a lot of support over the years, and it is continually evolving. You can, uh, um, if you'd like to visit uh, and check out kind of the, the stuff that we're um, talking about, you can head on over to SW5E.com. Um, or if you're watching, you're checking out our show notes at CritAcademy.com slash post slash episode 212, you can uh, find the link there as well. Um, so right off the bat, the one thing that really sets the setting of 5th edition apart is what, you guys? Or not 5th edition, not Star Wars. Uh, I mean, basically it's space fantasy, so... Yeah. For sure. (laughs) One of the things that I'll never forget is the first time I saw Luke walk into a cantina and saw the massive variety of species... Um, diff- sure. different, different species in this, in this world is just astounding. Um, from the, <laughs> it, it really overwhelms the senses from the voices and chatter of the countless different languages to the smells of cooking in dozens of different cuisines mingle with the odors of the crowd from the streets and poor sanitation, which is disgusting (laughs) um as well as the myriad of architectural styles that you know display the diverse origins of the inhabitants because you know interplanetary travel is super common in star wars and in in this setting so it would make sense that there would be a myriad of races or sorry they don't call them race races species in this rpg well uh uh this team has brought us 26 different species um, to choose from that all fit within the Star Wars setting. But not only that, one of which, the dro- droid, has five different variants. And we're going to yep. look at some of that uh, stuff today. But before I, uh, as I'm scrolling through this and we're talking about some of the stuff, um, what did you guys uh, think about some of the, the the player options as far as the species? Did anything jump out at you particularly that um, seemed really nice? Um, so I think the first thing that, that stood out to me is just the raw variety. Like, oh, yeah. they're, like, they really tried to, like, capture how much, like, Star Wars just like species like the the entire table set list of how like many different types there are mm-hmm. and you can just like go through them and you can kind of like uh for instance for instance the twilight uh you know the people with like the uh the tendrils on top of their head pretty much they they're in there too and i was just like man it'd be kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> i um so did they have any unique uh features the, the cool thing about this is that they give uh um 
the the team gives uh, good biology and appearance, social mm-hmm. society and struct uh, culture kind of um, descriptions, as well as the types of names you would expect. So if you yeah. aren't super familiar with the Star Wars universe, you can just pick some of these names or read up on this little bit of uh, um, this little bit of lore. To yeah, kind of get into it. Yeah, and know what to like, go from. Yeah. I'm sure, like, most people probably wouldn't know any Twi'leks names very immediately. Jim? Uh, I For sure, I didn't know any male ones, because I don't really recall many male Twi'leks. So, There's not many now. Yeah. At least not portrayed in the Star Wars universe, so. Right. Uh, yeah, they uh, can even see, like, their size. They're five to seven feet tall, and they weigh up to 200 pounds. You know, almost uh, an average size human, but maybe a little bit taller, a little heavier set. Uh, uh, they're really good with unarmed combat, which I thought was a nice little touch. <laughs> yeah. And they can punch twice. So uh, they can use the same modifier for both rolls. According to no, the creator, sorry. there's, uh, there's way more than this beyond what's in these books. So that's awesome. He says 85 yeah. more. So that's, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, there's just like, it, it's crazy to think about that. Honestly, it's <laughs> just how much there is. I was saying there are options. Lots of them. The the thing the thing about the Twi'lek that I think is really cool. I think they did a really good job of capturing what they represent in the world. Now, once again, my Star Wars knowledge is very limited. But for the Twi'lek, mm-hmm. I'm playing in the Old Republic, and I always just see them dancing on, you know, in the cantinas as strippers or whatever. So of course they would have elegant dancers as one of their trait, which means they're proficient in the yeah. performance trait, which I th- or performance skill, which I think is really cool. Um, the other thing that really jumped out at me, uh, it's not called common, it's called galactic basic is your common language, which I thought was a really nice touch. Um, yeah. And, and then, of course, they have unarmed combatant, which has 1d4 kinetic damage when they deal unarmed strikes. Is it just me, or does anybody else want to whiplash people with their, their little uh, tentacle things hanging from their ears or their <laughs> it's heads? It's just you. They're not uh, prehensile. <laughs> well, I would be like... That? I don't know how much damage that would realistically do. <laughs> it would do 1d4 uh, kinetic damage, it looks like. That's what I would do. I just think with. it's a nice touch um, that with the Wookiees. They actually account for their climbing claws, which doesn't oh, really get mentioned that, that much, aside from a couple dope. books. That are now legends. I didn't know they had climbing claws. Exactly. Huh. I mean, you could kind of tell mm-hmm. when you kind of see them up close. There's just, they're so like furry that you never really see it you know what i mean yeah and usually he's just got his or whatever he does <laughs> i can't do um, that so that like i said there's a i couldn't obviously do it either um there's a lot of uh interesting different uh uh species to pick from they all have their own little features the art is really cool um the layout is really uh nice i love this that they included the sith pure blood um, which is fantastic. Uh, actually, I think it was, I don't know who it was we were talking to before the show, but didn't actually know that the Sith was an actual race, not just the dark side of the force. So that was uh, pretty cool. Um, okay. That's disgusting. Randy Simmons says the Leku are actually brain tails. That's very yeah. disturbing. <laughs> All right. So there's, yeah, so I don't think you would ever actually use it that way then. Right. <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> That's a brain deal. That's crazy. Um, so there's lots of different traits. Obviously, we are we, our show is about an hour, hour and a half. We're not going to cover all these. But like I said, you can pick up this uh, these products, this and more. There's a lot of other stuff out there um, yeah. that they they've written across multiple books. You got the players' handbooks, the scum and villainy, I think, which is all like the monsters and stuff and factions. Yep. And then the, the starships of the galaxy, which is all about the ship combat. Starships. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> And then uh, Wretched Hives, which I haven't been able to check out quite yet. That one's really cool. Even if you aren't going to play in uh, a Star Wars universe, that's worth picking up just because it includes details on complex factions, which I think makes it a very powerful resource regardless of your setting. Um, so that was really, really nice work. All right, so let's talk about some of the classes. Um, yeah, so. There's a few. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Austin? Yeah, so adventurers are extraordinary people driven by a thirst for excitement into the life that others would never dare lead. They are heroes compelled to explore the dark places of the world and take on the challenges that lesser men and women can't stand against. Now, classes is the primary definition of what your character can do. It's more the profession. It's more of your character's calling. Class shaped the way you think about the world and interact it with your relationship with other people and powers in the galaxy. Right. A fighter, for example, might view the world in pragmatic terms of strategy and maneuvering and see herself as just a pawn in a much larger game. A consular, by contrast, might see himself as a willing servant of the force. While the fighter has contacts in a mercenary company or army, the consular might know a member of Jedi or Sith who share his faith. Additionally, including 20 backgrounds to kind of enhance these classes and role-playing mechanics. Right. And some of these backgrounds actually include feats, too, as part of the background, which I thought was a nice touch. That is very cool. Like that. that was very cool. I do like that a lot. But, uh, so one of the classes I actually took a look at here, because uh, I'm always trying to, like, kind of uh, bridge to, like, what this reminds me of, or at least, like, take a guess at uh, what, um... I would see before, this class as I before think you was... get into that. Let's. Uh, I would okay. like to make sure everyone knows that what they actually are got done away with the Venusian um, magic system, and they took the, uh, whatever uh, the spell casting, and they took the DMG alternative, and which is like spell points and stuff, and kind mm -hmm. of worked it a little bit and added to it and included that in this, which I think was a nice touch because it gave it a nice new feel as well, even though the DMGs rules have been there already so why don't you explain that actually because i imagine not many people know or use that uh it's basically spell points instead of like spell slots um, Meta. so i mean i think that's the best way to do it i mean you still are limited but instead of you've got five spell slots you might have like five spell points and you can use up those points however you want is what and it's different number of points based on the the spell or the level or how strong you okay. want to make it. That's my understanding, and it's very limited. But um, and I'll admit, okay. I was always would have preferred that would have been like a default setting in D and D in general because I always prefer like using meta points or spell points, what have you. And mm -hmm. I would agree. I was was never really fan of Vancean, and especially when you know, when you know it came from Jack Vance's books, and okay. It made sense in the context of those books, but I thought it made no sense when you took it out of that context. But that's another rant unto itself. Right. So. For sure, for sure. Uh, now, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Austin, but I thought that that was important to note before we got too much into the, the classes. No, I agree. Uh, that's a definitely a good thing to point out, because uh, you do kind of see that when 
Uh, for instance, uh, the first one that I kind of really latched onto was the Guardian, because it reminded me the most of a Paladin, and I kind of like the whole aura abilities and stuff. It's always been kind of a, a favorite of mine in any mm -hmm. RPG setting. Um, you can kind of see here, you know, force powers known right here. You can kind of see how many you get at, you know, every level. There's the force points that we were just talking about, and then the max power level, and then uh, they get a unique thing called focus strikes. But And, and before we get to involved too i think it's worth sure. mentioning that they they have like a two different types of, of uh magic if you will just like the yep. force and, they, and there's tech abilities too which yep. also yes. get treated with us like spell -like abilities so Th that's very similar to how i'm doing capes and uh crooks because for me i i there's a, a difference between the tech gadgets and the actual power superpowers right um yeah, so right. in in as far as the rule set goes they keep those two distinguished for that reason so that way when you know one guy's throwing a grenade that shoots out lightning it's not being confused with the guy shooting lightning from his fingertips even though right. they have similar effects right um right, according right. to uh the creator um he says that all the backgrounds do uh their choice of two or four skills or a choice of uh feats um which is pretty cool Yep. Two so. of four skills and choice of eight feats. That is quite a bit. Yep. I think that's Cantrip's really cool. Okay. So uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the Guardian? Sure. We I can, can kind of get into it a little bit Yeah, here. we don't got to get uh, into super detail. Maybe one no, or two of the sure. features yeah. that you like. Uh, so obviously I was talking about the auras. So they actually have a small list because uh, you can kind of choose mm -hmm. uh, which one you, you want. And they also, upon later levels, they actually can stack certain auras. Right. So... Uh, the first one that kind of immediately caught my eyes, because obviously if you want to play more damage oriented, uh, you can see the aura of hatred and it's really simple. Uh, you and friendly creatures within five feet of you gain a bonus to the first melee weapon damage rolls you make each round equal to your charisma mod. Uh, so That's you cool. kind of just take this and you just instantly do more damage. Uh, now granted it doesn't stack when you know with like multi-attack or anything, but it's the fact that it's just free damage that you're already getting. It, do um, it doesn't stack. Does it say that? It does not stack because it's only the first melee weapon attack. Oh, I got gotcha, you. It's, gotcha. it's 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 pretty much just told no. You cannot do more than than after the first. Um, another one which I actually uh, because I like the conquest paladin, the aura of conquest is very similar to that. Uh, so whenever mm -hmm. a creature is frightened of you or starts and uh, start whenever a creature who is frightened of you starts to turn within you know your aura, your their speed is reduced to zero and takes psychic damage equal to half of your guardian level. So it's I think it's almost the exact same. I don't know if I see any differences there, but it's stuff like that. I think that's really cool. Uh, again, uh, and then they kind of have some more basic stuff like uh, force purity. You're immune to poison and disease. It's very similar to divine health. Right. Um, and then they do have uh, different forms. Uh, so, like, not. I don't think this is quite a fighting style, is it? This is something else entirely. This um, is stances. Like... They've got they've got fighting styles, and they've got forms. I think. I think I they're think different. Form is you, more the... of a sub. No, the form is like the subclass. That's what it is. Okay. For for the, this the, for this uh, for class. this specific right. class, yes. So, um. For instance, you can see in the, the Makashi form, you can see Dooku at the bottom there. And so this one's more about dueling. So you can oh. see we'll just go straight to the level 21 because yeah. it's right there. And you can see Dooku. And I love Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says at level 20, you are a duelist of the highest caliber. Your dexterity and wisdom or charisma scores, your choice, increased by two. 
Your maximum for those scores increased by two. Additionally, you can use your action to gain the following benefits for one minute. You have resistance to kinetic and energy damage, and you ignore resistance to kinetic and energy damage. That's awesome. Uh, all melee attacks have disadvantage against you. Very cool. Uh, and your melee weapon inflicts an additional damage die. Uh, so you really are just kind of this stalwart tank master swordsman who's kind of in the front of everything and able to kind of just knock away everything and can keep composed, much like Count Dooku. You can you cool. can tell that uh, some of the uh, some of the content was inspired by it or taken right from the the Star Wars: The Old Republic because I played the Sentinel and some of this stuff is kind of familiar to me um, because it is a tank mm-hmm. class. It's meant to be up front, and I think that that was captured very very well. The one thing I want to draw attention to, since you picked the Guardian, was fighting styles. The fighting style system has been completely redone, um, and they actually reference going to the Chapter Six where there is at least a couple dozen different styles uh, here at the very least um, which I thought was really cool and that doesn't even get into masteries which is another thing that you can specialize in but um, I thought it was done really well and it gives that much more versatility to your your character um, so kudos to the team for that which I know that as we've been playing Kips and Crooks we really do value that kind of uh, versatility in yeah. all of your classes so yep. I'm very excited and about that just concept being used elsewhere right because you can see like there's all sorts of different fighting styles here like great weapon form fighting gunning mounted explosives there's (laughs) There's a lot yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) so uh ian did you have anything to say on this before we move on yeah um i overall though found like uh, there was like each class i feel like they took something from from 5e added more stuff to them and gave you quite a bit of more options. Like my yep. impression at least was that like they start use obviously five, fifth edition as a basis, but then built off it. Yeah. They added some stuff from like a uh, 3.5 and or Starfinder, which all are kind of cousins anyway. So it's kind of weird. Right. But like, even just like the sheer amount of options you have, like the engineer, I kind of liked, well, part of it was because I played an Android engineer in Starfinder, but mm-hmm. like they kind of, um, in a way, Act as um, like as artificers, but more technologically based in magic for obvious reasons. Right, and even like the archetypes you can dive into, like the armor tech, the the arms tech, which is more weapon based, the mm-hmm. gadgeteer, and you even have the uh, <laughs> the unstable engineer, which acts as a wild <laughs> magic sorcerer. Kind of. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, I made this device. How confident are you to work? Eh. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> Let's, we'll find out together. <laughs> oh, man. There's uh, there's a lot of good stuff. Like I said, we don't have time to cover everything. No. Um, but sure. anybody that's watching the screen can see as I'm scrolling through and showing all the, the stuff that they got here. Once again, um, there are some stuff that's very uh, reminiscent to me as a person who's played the Old Republic. I'm looking at the, the operative right now, and it gives uh, the very much stealthy side, outside the law kind of character. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of the abilities fit that theme. Some you'll recognize. Uncanny Dodge. Cunning action. Um, but what they... Very, is it like a, would you say, a very Han Solo-styled character? It very much, uh, okay. as far as I can tell. Um, the one thing that I think is really cool is they have what are called exploits, uh, or operative exploits, I guess, which is an, a, a nice little... Um, you, I, I don't know how to better explain it. They're kind of like mini feats. 
<laughs> like similar to like fighting styles, I guess, um, which I thought was really cool. And it was all, it's all done really, really well. Um, so I really think that yeah, they, they really kind of just are mini feats, or I guess if you could make it more like a elder gen vocations, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. <laughs> uh, That's kind they... of what I'm, thinking but uh the creator does say quite star, a bit going on star here. wars the Republic was my main inspiration and i, I it comes across good uh, across yeah. good which is fantastic because that has a good structure for it um so um you definitely did uh did some good work and there's obviously um as ian and austin both expand uh ex- said already the expanded on uh, options that are make it far more customizable than fifth edition already gives is makes it mm-hmm. even better um, which is something we're once again we're learning from Capes and uh, Crooks because we're learning that customization options is something that is severely lacking in Five E. So um, to see another is, group do that is pretty cool. Which is also really crazy to think about because Five E already is fairly expansive if you yeah. consider multiclassing. Like you can yes. kind of run with most ideas in fiction. With I'm gonna say people. no because I actually. Just because I play plenty of RPGs where you have way more customization options. In but even, I, I, in that's not the argument. Of, that's the not argument what he's trying to say, you though. Can, you can at least do it. The, right. the possibility yeah. is there. I'm not saying it's as expansive. I'm just saying you can, you are allowed to. Yeah. It's just yeah. it might not be to, to the exact power level you might want it to be or anything like that. Right. Yep. So, uh, which reminds me, um, why don't we go ahead and move on to feats? Um, yep. cause, uh, that's, that's going to be something I think everyone's going to love because let's be honest, uh, fifth edition's regular handbook doesn't have a whole lot, but the ones they do have are pretty potent. So let's take a look at some of what, uh, they've done here in star Wars fifth edition here. Basically like a feat as we kind of like in, we've seen before in other RPGs represents a talent or an area of expertise that gives characters special capabilities. Right. And you can get these as we mentioned before from your, your, uh, backgrounds which you have multiple choices to choose from but you can also use the traditional 5e method of you can forgo forgo a set stat increase to choose a new one right and obviously these embody training experience and abilities what beyond what a class provides and you have over 50 feats available in just this document alone some of them yeah. are familiar some of them are more in line with what you expect from star wars in general too or a sci-fi setting so yeah and I think that that's really important because yeah. uh, you want – when you're looking for more customization, it always pained me that feats were optional in 5e because yeah. that's a layer of uh, customization that is stripped away from the, the, the yeah, players. Yeah, you're almost forced to kind of make a choice every single time you get an ability score improvement, which is a shame, but yeah. I – I could also see the balancing part because as we've just because of, that wasn't a thing in the past. The the thing that we did kind of agree on was that feats are relatively potent in five E. So yeah. there is a, a little bit of a balance to yeah. it. And the other thing that I want to touch on is uh certain class features or the fighting master feat offer a choice of fighting mastery, which I think is really cool because that just expands upon it even more. 
Uh, mm. A good example uh, be here would be the Akimbo Mastery. You've mastered fighting with two blasters. Unleash a volley of shots. While you are wielding separate weapons in each hand, you gain, uh, which you are proficient, you gain the following benefits. So now it says, okay, everyone, other people can already shoot with two hands, but you can become a master, which increases uh, when you roll maximum on a weapon damage die against a creature. That creature suffers a minus one penalty to the first attack roll they make. On their next turn, so it basically allows you to to apply yeah. a debuff when you're unloading. And of course, since you're doing two weapons in this case, you're more likely to do that uh, more more often. It does come in with the uh, the 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 two weapon fighting, even when the weapons you're wielding lack the light property. So it very much is similar to the the dual wield feat in that case, but applying mm-hmm. to range weapons. And then it says when you take the attack action, you can use a attack uh choose to attack swiftly at the expense of accuracy. So your weapon attack is made without the aid of your proficiency bonus, but you can use your reaction to attack with a different weapon that you are holding in the other hand. Um with also without the proficiency bonus. I think that is really 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 cool. Um, if you would make more than one attack with the attack action, this, uh, only make the attack, that attack is made without proficiency bonus as well. So, um, this is really cool because you're basically giving yourself extra blasts at the cost of accuracy. I'm very much imagining somebody just holding out their hand and open on, you know, and just spraying Mm -hmm. everywhere and open to hit something, which I think is just fantastic. Um, and as you said, that's a fighting style, though not a feat, but some feats grant fighting styles. So. Right, right. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah. Because um, some of the feats grant the fighting styles or the, specifically the masteries. Um, but man, there's just so much content here. Um, yeah, even just some of like the first few ones are pretty interesting. I want to stress that this is a fan-made document that was had a lot yeah. of uh, sweat poured into this. And it is 312 pages long. And that's just the player's yeah. handbook. Uh, moreover, on like the, the feats, like for instance, uh, the one that kind of... Because I like to play more frontline-oriented builds. And uh, sometimes I go down. <laughs> that's not so good. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, uh, but uh, there is one that is called Battle Scarred. And I like the little flavor as to you spent a lifetime fighting with scars to prove it. You gain the following benefits. You know, you get a, a small score... To your constitution, and you gain these two little effects. Uh, when you roll a 19 or 20 on a d20 for a death saving throw, you regain one hit point. That means you stand right back up. And when you are reduced to zero hit points but not killed outright, you can drop to one hit point instead. Once you use the ability, you must complete a long rest before you can use it again. So very similar to like the half work uh, yeah. feat or racial yeah. feat. Very so. similar. Um, before we move on from our uh. Our main topic. The one thing I thought was really cool in the force power section, it's color coded from uh, light side, dark side, and universal, um, which yep. I think is really cool. If you are building a character to stick to a theme, um, it makes it really easy. You can just spot which ones would fit your theme, which is a really nice little take, in my opinion. Um, which also means that even in a uh, in a combat setting, say you you have a an NPC who uh, or, or like a mainstay NPC, and they use, you know, they, they seem to be on the side of good this entire time, and they start using a random dark force, or a, a dark side ability, you kind of look at them like, hold on. Yeah, it's kind of sketchy. <laughs> That's incorrect. All right, That's... Anakin, why are you force choking people? Although, it depends on which lore you go off of, too, at what point in the <laughs> franchise, so... um, 
I want one. I want to do a throwback really quick. I just want to show that I appreciate that I can play as a droid, and I'm like talking like an R two D two droid is one of the options. So I just yeah. want to go around shocking people with my stick, man, because that just sounds awesome. <laughs> um. They one thing I noticed is in the conditions there the conditions have been expanded as well. There's a few conditions I think that weren't part of the normal 5e um set uh for instance slowed is a condition now. Shocked. Um shocks as a shock mm-hmm. creature can't take reactions. Now, that's awesome cuz that's a play on the shocking grass which that's one of the core features which I thought was yeah. really cool. Uh, when you hit somebody with uh shocking grass they can't take reactions. Well, that's just uh uh that's just a condition now. So if you shoot somebody with a lightning, they might be able to get shocked, which I think is awesome. Uh, there is a list of variant rules in here, um, which is pretty nice to expand upon. I don't want to spend, I ain't got much time left to go into that. But all I can say is that this really was a fantastic read through. A lot of great work was done. And uh, Galifile, um, kudos to you, man. Uh, you should be very proud of this. It clearly is a lot of work. While we did find a few errors, uh, uh, glaring errors here and there, um, I've seen professionally published content, quote unquote, professionally that are is not that is not as well put together as this. So kudos, <coughs> Shadowrun. That sounded familiar. I wasn't talking about Shadowrun at all, but that's a great example. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, so kudos to you. So, and um, even then, like the the raw volume that they put out is yeah. just impressive. So, th- even like going past those uh, issues aside, like there's so much to love here anyway that like it's yeah. free. Come on, <laughs> like just go and support this person. <laughs> yeah, go ahead over to his Discord stuff. You can report typos there. Um, I'm trying to find the one that I saw earlier, but, uh, anyways, I just think this project is awesome. If you're looking for a star Wars game, or if you're just looking for sci-fi adventure, this gives you everything you need. Um, and this, once again, this isn't in the only, only book they got. So, uh, make yeah. sure to, to head on over and check it out at, uh, SW5E. That's the one. Thanks. <laughs> um, I think, do you guys got anything else? If not, we'll move on. We would be here all day yes, if we had more to go for. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that'll do it for our main topic, Star Wars 5e. Please head on over and support them. This, uh, Whether you're a Star Wars fan, sci-fi, or you're just looking for something a little bit out of this world, uh, like in a galaxy far, far away, uh, you owe it yourself to check out Star Wars 5e. I would like to take a minute, if you uh, are, are interested, once again, in superheroes and all that jazz, please consider checking out Capes and Crooks. We run our playtest streams bi-weekly on Fridays. This is our upcoming Kickstarter project, and you can sign up for notifications on this project at createcammy.com slash capesandcrooks. And now, what you've all been waiting for, our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. All right, we got some good stuff uh, here today. Uh, Who would like to take the character concept? A path to darkness. You're a character that sounds from a long line of strong and honorable magic users, or force in this case if you're going by Star Wars. From an early age, you have aspired to study magic and become the best spellcaster your lineage has to offer. You left your home to train under mages of astounding renown and power, believing that first-hand experience would allow you to exceed your family line. After much diplomacy and maybe a little bit of bribery, you are brought before a master. 
Your master warned you of your shortcomings and how it could lead to a darker path. One that you could not turn away from. Those who dabble in magic for sheer power are liable to fall to the darker arts. Of course, you believe that they feared your strength. That's why they insisted you weren't ready and refused to teach you all that they knew. You left your master, believing that they were holding you back from your true potential. You have set out to learn and discover spells that will allow you to reach your true potential. Huh. Very, this sounds familiar. Anakin Skywalker. Uh, it sounds very much like it's almost like it was inspired exactly by that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm going to try to tie everything into Star Wars if I can. Can't always do hey, that, but uh, I love Anakin Skywalker as a character, so yeah. I'm totally for it. And I think that this this path, uh, this this is good if you want to start off as kind of like a neutral character and slowly work your way to the darker sides. Um, and maybe even potentially become evil, um, or even know you're going to end up in evil, working with the DM, maybe become a big bad villain or something. Um, it's a very that fun way to do. so cool to be the, to become the big bad evil guy. Oh God, I hope Zorax does that one day. Just becomes the big bad evil guy. <laughs> we'll see. I think this works both for NPCs <laughs> and PCs, of course. So do you guys have anything for you'd sure. like to elaborate on this? Or shoot, uh, plot twist. You were right. <laughs> <laughs> and they were and your masters were being too cautious <laughs> you know in uh spoiler alerts for a really old book called aragon one of the that's kind of what happens with one of the main villains there um he starts to go crazy and thinks he's being held back and um they fear his power and they have were right to so yeah. What class would you play this as if you had to choose one? If I had to choose one class, I would pick Bard. <laughs> Interesting. Do you know why? Which Be Bard? Because I instantly think Emperor Palpatine, and I think the idea of whispering into people's ears and telling them and manipulating them without taking vicious actions is far, far more interesting than just being a brute with a sword that can slay every bit of his competition. What's the uh, what's the uh, Xanathar guide, guide one that's all about um, manipulating people? Whispers, I think? Co uh, College, College of Whispers? College of Whispers? Yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah. So I mean, for Pete... I mean, yeah, Palpatine was a powerful Force user, but think about how much damage he caused when he said... Execute order sixty six. That's yeah. true, and that's far Way more, more effective. than he could do. Yeah, with the force alone. Yeah, right. Like that's that so, just goes to show. So that's why I think a bard would be a really, really great path to okay. darkness character. Personally, uh, what about you? Okay. I I really think this could be an interesting like oathbreaker paladin. Like you start yep. off with like an oath, and then you like you just eventually like it's time to change. Now I'm an oathbreaker. Yeah, I think that uh, I agree with you there. Um, it would be a good way to lead into that oath-breaking character concept. Mm -hmm. So uh, that'll do it for our character concept, A Path to Darkness. Our monster variant of the podcast is 4K47. <laughs> 4D is in the level, level, uh, letter 7. Not 47, which is the actual killer droid, right? Uh, the HK series <laughs> Battle Forge is a combination of assassin and infiltration construct. A series designation stands for Hero Killer, befitting their primary functions as ass ass assassins. Got that right, meatbag. 
<laughs> um, so what are we going to do? You're going to start with the origin stat block, the assassin. Duh. Why, why, why not? Why rebuild it? Right. You're going to change. Sure. You're going to get rid of its short sword. It's light crossbow. Um, and it's multi-attack now applies to both ranged and melee. And we're going to give it a little more spice. We're going to give it a laser blade. Huh? That's something. Why would he give him a laser? Oh, star Wars lightsaber. I see what Justin did there. <laughs> so for this one you're gonna do 1d6 plus 3 piercing damage with a plus 6 to hit on a uh, when the targets hit they must make a f- dc 15 con save or take 76 radiant damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one basically just l- radiant laser damage uh like the uh solar uh what is it the uh the, the sun sword or sun blade or whatever it is. And yep. of course you also got to give them a, 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 a blaster. So we're going to give them a blaster rifle that also has a plus six uh, to hit with a range of 80 to 320. Um, you're one D four or one D eight plus three piercing and damage. And they must make a DC 15 con saving throw or take seven D six radiant damage or half as much on a successful one. Now, this doesn't include the sneak attack damage that comes with the assassin. So the damage is actually mm-hmm. higher than that for one of the attacks, which is dangerous. Don't forget this bad boy can do cunning action. But what good would I be if I didn't take some inspiration from our Star Wars buddy here and include one of his droid features uh, for our, assa- uh, our, our HK-47 Assassin Battleforged? They get a reaction. Reactive shield once a day when the battle forged is hit by an attack or targeted by homing missiles or or um, uh, magic missile, if you want to go that route. Uh, it can use its reaction to create a kinetic barrier and until the end of its next turn. The battle forged has a plus five bonus to AC, including against the triggering attack and takes no damage from homing missiles or uh, magic missile. So... For one round, this thing is damn near impenetrable. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. honestly. What do you guys think about my killer droid? It's a uh, killer. <laughs> hey, I'll put this bonus into the ground, meatbag. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like think... the silence afterwards, so you guys let it settle for a bit. <laughs> right. I think this is really cool in the fact that it would be interesting as a main villain. Um, cause I get very much Terminator vibes from it, okay. uh, hunting and chasing down the characters for something they did. Either they owe somebody money or they did some very bad stuff. And now a bunch of villagers hired, uh, a group to send a killer construct after them. So, um, I like the idea of it being like a sniper and laser blasting you when you're in the middle of sitting on the shit shitter. <laughs> Uh, you guys okay. are gonna fight one. It's great. Oh boy, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> All right, I. If you guys don't got anything else, no. All it's right, it's just a really solid assassin droid. <laughs> That'll do it for our monster variant, the HK4D7 Assassin Battleforged. If you like this and it sounds really cool, um. Every week, I put these together in beautiful professional format for our patrons. Uh, They get it every week, delivered right to their inbox, and it's also part of our monthly zine that you can pick up as well. So head on over to CritCabby.com and check that stuff out. Austin, would you like to tell us about our encounter of the podcast? Absolutely. Our encounter of the podcast is a hero's ballad. An ally and friend of the hero approaches them during their downtime. They have someone they would like to introduce the heroes to. A wandering minstrel named Enelin Sparrow Quick, a male minstrel, uh, has been wandering the local area in search of inspiration, namely tales of heroic feats and daring adventures. 
the party's ally can think of no one better qualified to quench the minstrel's thirst for tales and urges the characters to regale Enelin with their greatest exploits. Among, upon meeting Enelin, he asks that the, the party uh, share their experience in the town square at dusk for the entire town to see. Here, the characters are given the opportunity to put on a fantastic show. This can be done through poems, dance, magical effects, singing, or perhaps all the above. Uh, the characters must succeed four skill checks before gaining three failures. On a success, Enelin and the Crown finds their story riveting and wooing and cheering. Enelin will go on to perform the story during his travels and add it to his book to the available libraries. On a failure, the Enelin and the Crown find the story lackluster and, well, hardly exciting. Fruit and vegetables are tossed at them, and they are booed out of the town square. You guys only said a dragon? <laughs> I've heard better. <laughs> what, what do you guys think about this? I think there's interesting uh, roleplay consequences or rewards after this very easily. Oh, oh, hey, guys, look. It's that book that Enelin wrote, and we're in it. See this? Why do I look fat? <laughs> Like, could you imagine? So, uh, the one thing I really liked about this uh, concept is first, I wanted something that wasn't combat. I wanted something mm-hmm. that that could let the players kind of goof off a little bit. And I imagine coming up with a a retelling of their epic tales would lead to a lot of um, shenanigans. I guess um, trying to make a big giant play of it, and it just sounded For like sure. it would be a lot of fun. Um, whether they're using prestidigitation and minor illusion and, and magical, you know, effects in general to enhance the experience. Um, and it allows you, the players to get into their more creative, non-stabby, stabby sides. Ian, mm-hmm. what do you think? Very first thing I thought about when I read this was the uh, Fire Island Players episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. That's exactly what mm-hmm. Alicia said! She's like, you gotta play it out like uh, the, the Avatar thing. I'm like, I didn't include that, but I'm sure it'll come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. About how they're all warped versions of themselves. <laughs> yeah. Except for Toph. Toph is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Big strong man. <laughs> I think that'll do it for our encounter, the Hero's Ballad. Uh, the minstrel stat block I chose is something that's been created on Crit Academy that is available to our, our uh, on our Patreon. Uh, but you can use any stat block you really want. Uh, the minstrel just comes with some cool stuff. Uh, Ian, would you like to tell about our semi-kind of magic item? Our magic item for the day is a plasma grenade. A wondrous, uncommon item. They can only use once. <laughs> Grenades can be said to detonate on impact or the timer that causes them to explode on initiative count of your choice, losing all ties. As an action, you can throw the grenade at a point you see within 60 feet plus your strength score. Each creature within 10 feet must make a DC 15 deck save. A creature takes 3d6 radiant damage on a failed save or half on a successful one. And the item is then destroyed because, no crap. It's a grenade. <laughs> right? Um, this is 100%, 100% t- uh, inspired by uh, one of the, the... It might even be the plasma grenade in the Star Wars 5e. I changed it a little bit because there was some stuff that I thought could use a little more oomph. Uh, but other than that, um, I really like this idea. What do you guys think? Simple and to the point? Yep. Yeah. I think so. I mean, uh, 10 feet for a grenade... Works for me. Ten, Ten feet. feet. 
That's what it says. Each creature within 10 feet. Oh, I thought you were saying, like, throw it 10 feet. I was like, wait, oh, did, no, I, no, no, did no. I write that I, wrong? <laughs> that would be like, that better be like a generator size bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty straight and to the point, and uh, don't be surprised if more of these start showing up in our games. Uh, love me some disposable items. All right, that'll do it for our magic item, the plasma grenade. Our dungeon master tip is unconscious threat. Now, let's be honest. Being dropped to zero hit points isn't really that big of a deal in 5th edition. Uh, A simple healing potion jammed on your throat, a healing word, and you're right back up at it again. This sort of kind of takes the falling unconscious to not making it not really a big deal for most characters in all honesty. Um, but because of this, if the barbarian knows that the cleric can pick them right back up, the barbarian is likely to do a bit more reckless, something a bit more reckless when they're at low hit points than they probably would have ahead of time. Uh, Mm -hmm. so we propose a new option, uh, that makes us a bit more terrifying and encourages the player to look out for their character's health and well being a bit more. When a character goes unconscious and is forced to make a saving throw, on a failed death save, the failure stays with them until they finish uh, short, or if you're feeling really dangerous, long rest, uh, depending on how you know dangerous you want it to be. This simple technique can bring a bit more fear into falling unconscious, knowing that those failures don't just reset. Uh, immediately mm-hmm. after you're up, driving hopefully the players to act with a bit more concern for their characters. Alternatively, you can impose a constitution saving throw for every failure uh, with a moderate DC, such as 15, on a failure that character can suffer a level of exhaustion. So now going to zero imposes levels of exhaustion or has a chance to. That's not quite as... Um, I thought at first I thought it might be a bit harsher, but I don't think it actually is because it doesn't happen every time because you can succeed and it doesn't stay. So um, either way, what do you guys think about this? I definitely think there's a lot of ways you can make that being not unconscious a little bit more threatening. Like, and this is not a bad way to do it. Like, one way I've also seen is like people like house ruled like uh, for every time you're not unconscious, you gain one level of exhaustion. Okay. Yeah, you just just gain it. Yeah, just it automatically, not even a save, man. That's even more savage than what I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like I know in Pathfinder two, every time you're knocked unconscious, the DC to save Goes increases. Up. Yeah. That's interesting. We that sh- that I'm surprised that's not in five e like that simple rule. So. Or every time you like get knocked down, you get like, back up un- again. Go unconscious. Uh, you could. Make it so the death save DC is like one point higher or something mm-hmm. like that until yeah. they finish a long rest and then it maybe it resets. I don't know. There, that's there, that's a, that's a, a good way to do it to too. About it. I like that. I like, like that. Or maybe even like if you really want to increase the lethality of it, like maybe you're really trying to make your players stop going down and being like, ah, oh, it's no problem. You can make it like go up by two or something. Because like yeah. rolling a straight roll. 10 isn't so awful. 50-50. You know? uh, no. 50-50? Whatever. 55% actually in the player's favor. Right, because and they get then, the 10 and, and they oh, get yeah, the 10, get right? The 10. And the 20. Yeah. So that leaves 1 through 9. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty... Odds aren't really all that awful. But if you start making it like, you know, 12 oh. or 13, like, that's when you're like, I have to roll pretty high to... Survive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I do think that, uh, and I was surprised that the Constitution score, I think that should come into play on death saves, personally. I kind of agree, too, because um, that seems like a really weird. 
Like, I get it, like, death saves, like, oh, it has to be a straight roll, oh no, but, like, I also find that a little weird. I would think a more person that can take more of a beating should be able to recover quicker. Anyways, um, anyways, I think that'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip, Unconscious Threat. Um, I think this little thing uh, can make a significant difference in your the player's play style when it comes to, ah, Billy will get me back up. <laughs> our player tip of the podcast is... Don't, don't be, be a, a dick! dick. <laughs> And our player tip today is animated tokens. Yes. Uh, we've talked in the past about using a screenshot of a Hero Forge character to create a cool character token. Uh, did you know that you can easily bring this image to life in a very simple and easy way? The myheritage.com slash deep hyphen nostalgia feature can do just this. Using its complex program, it can take a still image and give it a bit of movement and animation such as head swaying and blinking. This may not seem like much, but once you toss it into your virtual tabletop of your choice, you'll never go back to a mundane token ever again. I was blown away by this. Did you guys see the video I shared? By chance? Yeah, it was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a very cool thing, and it will bring shock and awe to your table if nobody's ever seen it. And it's so easy to drag an image on there, then download the, the short GIF or video or whatever the hell it is. Um, yeah, it, it's. I'm just looking at it. It's like really smooth. Yeah, it's honestly. pretty interesting. Mine wasn't. I, though I did one manually, and my first one wasn't very smooth. I think that's the one I shared with you because I didn't zoom into the face enough. So like the mm-hmm. top of his hat doesn't move because he's got a big chef hat. Brick does, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is pretty cool. It'll throw everyone for a loop, and you're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Um, and it just brings the table a little more to life. So, all right, that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't, Don't be, be a, a dick. dick. You can avoid dickitude by animating your tokens. Uh, before we close out, we have another gift to give away. Compliments of our generous sponsors. Yep. This uh, RPG giveaway for this time around is the Brewski Jubilee. The Brewski Jubilee is a one-shot downtime adventure where the party happens upon a town, which is about to celebrate the Brewski Jubilee, a harvest festival. <laughs> its main event the hops stickle course. Ah! It's a fun romp for the entire party. <laughs> and oh, today's winner party. is N Natal 2. Didn't it win? Not a problem. Head over to CreditCamry.com and subscribe for your chance to win. All right, I think that'll do it for our show today. Um, please join us on our next episode where we'll be discussing stronghold, strongholds and followers with our friend Alex Baum. She'll be joining us again, um, so I'm super excited to have her on. Um, if you enjoy the show and you want to support us, please visit CritAcademy.com. Maybe pick up some of our products, become a patron. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Holy shit. We're less than a hundred away from a thousand followers. So please hit that follow button, subscribe button. Um, follow us on social media. If you're really feeling frisky, uh, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. That really helps all the podcast algorithms. So, um, I want to give a, a, a quick, uh, uh, in info update, if you haven't checked it out, our YouTube channel now has one minute D&D tips and there's mm-hmm. almost a hundred of them already. It's quickly our fastest growing uh, um, videos. Everyone's loving them. I think one of the ones I released a few days ago has got like uh, over like uh, 3000 views or something. So 
Mm. Quickly head on over there and check it out. It'll mean a lot to us. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Austin. And I'm your co-host, Ian. Thanks for listening. Keep your blade sharp and spells prepared, heroes. The credits are rolling. Oh, this is a song that just goes with the credits. It does nothing with the movie, we just put it with the credits. God. Seth, put that at the end and snip it so everyone can hear it, because that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) It's from the VeggieTales movie.